I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Others lock up your sons. The fangirls are busting out all over. It's Fangirl Radio. Fangirl Radio. the fangirls on jackalope radio hey everybody and welcome to the latest and greatest episode of the fangirl radio show i'm your host jessica dwyer and with me as always is my faithful cohort miss rachel t moore good evening and this episode is packed full of geekdom news and tv news that you can use and that rhymed ha um so i think we should get into it because we got a lot to talk about and first off, this week, um, this weekend actually, which I wasn't there, and that makes me sad. Someday I shall be. WonderCon happened. And uh, WonderCon had a ton of stuff premiere, including Godzilla footage that got immediately pulled from the internet as soon as it got leaked. <laughs> because they know now, people. They know. Um, but the one cool thing that got premiered there that is online that you can watch and we will have up on the website is the Batman Beyond short that was done by Bruce Tim and the crew behind the Batman animated series and Kevin Conroy of course came back as Bruce Wayne slash Yes, Batman. the best ba- Bruce Wayne Batman. And it was a really really cool short because it basically encompassed everything Batman and it was it was a uh, I think it was less than five minutes long, but it brought back um, the Batman Beyond Batman Beyond people again. The Batman Beyond crew came back, and it, they were fighting a robotic Batman that got sent to attack them. And once they and it was the one based off of the Batman the animated series. Well, after they defeated him, the big Easter egg was that wasn't the only one that they had to take on, and they panned back and showed every incarnation of Batman in the last, I think it was like 50 years. And and it was really cool because there was the Adam West Batman. There was the Christopher Nolan Batman and, you know, a cartoon form, but still very obviously who it was. And they were all there waiting to take on um, Bruce and his protege. So it was really cool. I can only imagine the screaming that happened when this was shown. So that is pretty awesome. And that will be up on fangirlmag.com for you to see. But, uh, yeah, WonderCon had a ton of really cool stuff this year, and that was one of the big standouts. Um, The one thing that WonderCon didn't have due to the scandal going on right now was Brian Singer. Yeah, I I probably wouldn't put him around that many underage people either. Oh, she went there. She did indeed go there. Uh, yeah, Brian Singer was sort of yanked from every promotional thing going on, which is quite a lot for uh, X-Men Days of Future Past, which I, you know, it's it's horrible. This whole thing is just completely horrible happening um, right now with, with Singer and, and the whole scandal of the underage boy uh i i don't know what to make of it i don't know if it's true or not i know that there's definitely a lot of photographic evidence that singer likes to party with young looking boys but they're young looking boys they're over age um so who knows i it's and the timeliness of this whole thing is suspect as well but at the same time don't put yourself at risk for something like this happening even if you're innocent, don't put yourself in the position where it can be even suspect. You know, it's, it's sad. The, there's a huge issue with um, 
sexual abuse, sex slavery, um, and exploitation among the rich and powerful um, men of privilege in this country. And so every time uh, a light gets shone on it, um, whether it's just the suspectedness of it or the actuality, people are very shocked. And it's good for people to be shocked. I hope it means that they'll continue to campaign for the closure of, like, I mean, we, we have huge amounts of um, horrible things happening that people should be aware of. And one guy, you know, it, it, it's, it would be truly terrible if this was happening to him just because he's famous. Right. But, um, it, it's kind of hard for people to believe that this actually happens in this country. And, and it does happen quite a bit. And there's actually a, a lady that had created doc, a documentary about the sex, the sex slave industry has actually started work on a documentary regarding the underbelly of Hollywood that has so much to do with this kind of thing. And in fact, Singer's accuser was working with her before he even went to file this lawsuit against Brian Singer. And she was as surprised as everyone else when this came out, that he was actually doing this and following through with it. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. It's very sad that this is happening, especially to a guy whose films are so beloved by young people. And it just is a horrible thing. But I mean, I, I think it's one of those things where it's, is it happening to him or is it, it, or did he do something? In which case it's, I'm glad, you know, I'm glad when light gets shone on corruption. It, it is. It, but at the same time, you got to wonder the guy hit him right before one of the biggest movies of the summer is coming out. I, I have, I have sort of this, I have sort of this rule, which is I, you know, whether or not, it's more important to believe the victim than to, you know, question, question. If, if it turns out he's not telling the truth, you know, that's why there's a system in place to bring that to light. Yeah. But, but you know, there was a thing, um, a, a friend of mine and I were talking about this and it's one of those things we've had so many false accusations and I'm not, I'm not saying that, he's innocent or the victim is lying or, or vice versa. Um, but the problem with some, this kind of stuff is if in fact the victim is lying, the victim quotation marks is lying and is just trying to ruin somebody's life or, um, is trying to get money. And it happens so often anymore because lawsuits are a dime a dozen. Uh, we live in a society where that's the case. We live in the land of the lawsuit. Uh, once something like this is attached to someone's name, no matter if they're innocent or guilty, if they're innocent, it doesn't matter because it's been attached to their name. And it's always going to taint them. I I just always rather that because of there's way more of a precedent of victims being not believed and be, people being caught in bad situations that... You know, I, I always hope it's not true because I would hope somebody that I admire does not, did not participate in things that were not good. But at the same time, like, I, I don't ever want someone not to come forward because they think that people are so cynical, they won't believe them. And just having worked with so many victims, I just, I, I, I will never change my mind about that. Well, and the thing that um, we were discussing was the fact that if, in fact, the some the, a person that it doesn't necessarily even have to be sexual abuse. Um, I the case in point that he made was the the gentleman who was pinned with um, the attempted bombing. I believe it was in Atlanta during the Olympics. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The gentleman that was pinned with it, and then later it turned out that he was not guilty. He had actually only just found he'd found the device. Right. His he eventually died, um, ridiculed and finger pointed at the remainder of his days because they immediately assumed that, you know, they investigated him and they immediately pointed the finger at him. Well, and- there's a problem with the combination of media and the enforcement of these things. And actually there was a, there was a really good thing about on NPR about that whole story and how really the, the um, FBI really instigated the campaign against him and, Right. That was. right. And so the what we were talking about was in cases like that where it's obvious the person is innocent and, and his innocence has been proven, he or she's innocence has been proven, 
that the person that accused them should be held accountable at, for some Oh, absolutely. And it's not really the case anymore. It's like you can point a finger at someone and say, this so-and-so did this. And once that's out there in the internet, it's over. That person's always going to have that somewhere. You're going to be able to put in that person's name and something's going to pop up with that. But part of that is, is because that the media has no reason to print something less than sensational. The better headline would be so-and-so bombed something or so-and-so raped somebody or so-and-so did this. And the, the, you know, so we see so much of that. We, a lot of times we never know what happens one way or the other because that's not what in their mind gets the clicks. Right. And, and so that's something that we, I think it's very important for us to address as, you know, um, fans is we decide where we put our attention on the internet. Right. And it, it just is one of those sad states of the life, you know, the, the world we live in right now. And it just is horrible to think that's the case. I, I would rather, you know, this stuff not be happening. I would rather it, we live in a world where, you know, we didn't have this kind of crap, but it happens and it's sad. And we're moving on to something better right now. We're going to, we're going to go away from scandal for a little bit. We'll bring scandal back later on. The yeah. Episode. I was going to say. Yeah. Um, so I am ex- Extremely pleased to announce that BBC Three just released the premiere date for In the Flesh season two. And if you don't know what In the Flesh is, then you need to go fix that right now. You can, I believe, still purchase the first season for a very reasonable price of under nine dollars on um, iTunes. And In the Flesh is one of these really amazing uh, UK series set in a world where zombies are real. And they've returned from the dead, but it's a different kind of zombie uh, series uh, where they they call themselves PDS sufferers, partially deceased syndrome. Uh. And they are um, given a drug that allows them to live normally, somewhat normally. Um, they have to use makeup to cover up their pale flesh and they have to wear contact lenses because their eyes are, are, you know, weird looking. Uh, but it's an interesting um allegory on on you know the the out, outsiders coming in and and um, bigotry in the world and it's just a wonderfully done show and you really should check it out I, it's called in the flesh and season two is going to be premiering on bbc3 on may 4th at 10 p.m in the uk um and i believe it will be coming over here on bbc america a few months later so be happy because this is a great great show um and the second season i believe is going to be six episodes long so check it out um also if you have i'm going to give my secret away if you have um google chrome on your computer there's a program called ola that you can go get that um you can get for free that will allow you to watch um bbc iplayer on your pc also, if you switch, if you're watching Netflix on your computer, you can switch to Great Britain and use Ola, and it will show you all the shows that are li- licensed in Great Britain and not here. Right, and a BBC iPlayer, you can just stream it onto your computer, and it's completely le- legit. And um, it limits you, I think, to three or four hours a day. Um, but yeah, you can watch um, the BBC shows on your PC with this, and it's it's very legit it's it's completely it won't uh ruin your computer or anything like that mine's running fine as far as i know and um yeah check it out may 4th so pretty soon and it's a great great show you'll really love it um the next bit of news which i think rachel will be excited about um because she, uh, I believe, loves this gal as much as I do. Uh, and I'm hoping I don't butcher her last name. Oh, no. Um, Lupita Nyong'o, and I believe that's how you say it, uh, and Scarlett Johansson are joining the live-action Jungle Book. I don't know. Didn't they do that with Jason Scott Lee in the 90s? That's a, That one was completely different. I believe this one's actually with, going... With Carrie Elwes and... Well... This one's actually going to have that one. The, yeah, yes, and I liked it. <laughs> Damn it! But I, I'm I'm gonna the movie. This one is being directed by Jean Favreau. First of all, secondly, secondly, Idris Elba is the voice of Shere Khan. 
See, that's awesome. But you you know that I have like, I, I actually, you might not know this. I have this love hate of any making of the jungle book because um, I am a rabid Rudyard Kipling fan. Well, Scarlett Johansson's the voice of the Python. He's playing Ka. <laughs> he's he's like, playing Ka. I'm like, I'm like, my issue is that like they change it and they like, and and you're like, but Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm excited about this. I think it's gonna be awesome. I love her voice. I I I will try. I will see. I I have trouble sometimes. Um, with how they do or don't address the like colonialism of the period or are they doing like an updated no or I, they... I believe this is actually going to be um i think this is going to be a legit thing and it's going to have cg um uh animals which they're of course being voiced by these actors like lupita is going to be the wolf that um raises mowgli so did you read the book like, have you read the Jungle Books at all? A long time ago, I read. Like, yeah. So I, I, I'm going to be cautiously optimistic. Uh, there's also another one actually coming out too. So it's one of those things where you're going to get inundated with the Jungle Book. Um, another one is going to be um, released by Warner Brothers. This one is actually the Disney one. The Warner Brothers is doing one with Andy Serkis directing it. Oh, that now that's interesting to me. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens with that one. Um, the other thing that's really exciting to me for I have a lot of friends that don't have HBO and HBO to go, although I kind of helped Rachel out with that one. They don't care. <laughs> um, but the big news is Amazon is once again making itself pretty soon. Everything is going to be Amazon everywhere. All things will be Amazon. Amazon Prime. There is no Amazon. There is only Zool. Yeah. Uh, Zardoz is Amazon. Um, <laughs> you uh, Amazon uh, Prime, which I actually have like basically every streaming thing you can think of because I love it. I'm always traveling a lot. I'm, I'm just always constantly streaming everything. Um, Amazon Prime Instant Video has just inked a deal with HBO that is going to allow people that don't subscribe to HBO and which gives them the ability to get HBO to go, um, the ability to stream and watch all of their TV series. Um, nice. Yeah. Um, it's going to basically be stuff that's like three years in. So I think like the first season of Game of Thrones will be on there. But you stuff know, I wonder if that's why they just um, announced the uptick in price of Amazon Prime. Probably oh, Netflix is raising their price, so that's probably part of it. Yeah. If if I, I didn't see anything about Amazon raising their price, but I sit, did see that Netflix is, so they're probably yeah. Amazon announced that they're raising it from like eighty to a hundred bucks. Uh, yeah, but that's for a year. That's actually not. It's not a bad yeah. deal. I just I was just like I wonder what precipitated that, and it's probably because they. I mean, I'm always happy to pay that. That's not much for like the content. If you're expanding the content, that's a great reason. Well, plus Amazon Prime. Um, if you do Amazon Prime, the shipping you get the two day free shipping. Yeah, plus I mean, you get I, all of the unlimited. I always get Amazon Prime because it pays for itself during Christmas. Oh yeah, totally. And anything that includes anything on two day free shipping. So uh, this is pretty amazing though for people that don't have cable that just stream everything because you're going to be getting The Sopranos, The Wire, Deadwood, Rome. You're going to have all those True Bloods. You're going to have Boardwalk Empire. Um, they're going to have all their movies, too. You know, like all their 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 HBO-produced films are going to be on there. John Adams is going to be on there. So Parade Zen is going to be on there, which I know Rachel enjoyed. Um, the Pacific, all of that. And it's going to also include all of their um, comedy specials. And documentaries. So it's a big deal for Amazon Prime subscribers. And it's going to start on May 21st when they add all this stuff in. So that's pretty amazing. Uh, also, big news on the video game front, which I'm excited about. My husband not so much because he was pissed at the second game, but oh well, I liked it. Uh, Dragon Age Inquisition is coming out. And they finally released the um, date of it. It's coming out on October 7th. Now, October of this year, there's going to be a ton of games hitting at the same time. They're getting ready for that Christmas rush, but there's going to be a ton of them. But um, I'm excited about Dragon Age because I just love those games. And I think Rachel's husband kind of likes them, too. 
No, I think Dragon Age is the one he can't finish that makes him mad that he throws the thing. <laughs> no. I'm guessing no. Oh, well, I like him. Um, <laughs> well, well as long as you like him, that's all that's important. Well, and, and uh, you know, you uh, Felicia Day came on as the additional content in one of these games, too, as a warrior yeah. girl. And she did the, uh, the along with... based on it. Yeah, along with our buddy, Doug Jones. But I'm really excited with this. Um, it's the... Uh, there's going to have additional characters from the other games are going to be in there again. Um, there's going to be, uh, your ability, you can play as a, a human, a dwarf, elf, um, and, uh, Quinari, actually, I believe in this one. So it's going to be an, a great game. They, they released the trailer that'll be up on Fangirl Mag for you guys to see. Um, but I'm excited about it considering we don't have, um, Mass Effect anymore. This is the, you know, this is their uh, fantasy version of Mass Effect, I kind of call it. But I'm excited. I, I can't wait to play this. I, I will be probably first in line with that game because I like them. <laughs> Plus, you can have all the dirty sex you want with elves. Oh, goody. <laughs> Bonus. <laughs> I think we have different priorities in life, Jessica. Bonus. Everybody, everybody and their brother goes out of their way to figure that one out in these games. It's kind of wrong. Yeah. Sorry, it's it's there in the games. They they just give it up on being normal. Anyway, um, Star Trek and IDAW's universe and the expanded new Star Trek universe is getting a visitor. And I, it's one of my favorite visitors. I, I lied too. So yes, in the universe that is spanned off of the new J.J. Abrams um, Trekverse, Q is coming to visit. Yay! And I'm excited. It's coming. It's coming. Um, I love IDW's spinoff. I loved all the stuff they did with redoing and retooling all the episodes from the original series. And Q just sort of has to show up in everything because he's Q. And um, and it's kind of interesting to see how this plays out because, firstly, I can't remember if he ever met Kirk in any of the comic books. Previously, the, the, um, the Shatner version. I don't think so but it could be wrong i don't think so because they i i'm pretty sure that was part of the whole deal was that he didn't know kirk right i think i i don't think he ever has met kirk um but this is going to be interesting um with how they've retooled everything and i can't wait to see this and i can't wait to see well and he's a pan-dimensional being so he probably knows both timelines Right, and it's going to be interesting because they're saying this is like a no-win scenario that he puts them in into. It's called the Q Gambit, and it's going to be a six-issue arc that's going to start with um, number thirty-five. So I am, I am, I'm excited because I loves him. I loves my Q. It's going to be good. It's going to be good stuff. Um, also, coming in the world of comics, and I am so excited about this don't understand because i love this comic book um if you haven't read chew c-h-e-w i have a little bit of lisp listeners probably already know this um <laughs> chew is this really twisted awesome comic series about a detective who um gets psychic visions and knows how certain things died because he can eat the meat and get the idea of what happened yes that's exactly <laughs> what you think it does and it's messed up um but it, it becomes some really good um it comes a, a really really good uh in a really good series uh set in a world where all chicken and other bird meats are illegal after a catastrophe catastrophic outbreak of the bird flu that killed 23 million americans two centers on tony chu a police detective who is a sebopath sebopath Tony becomes a vice cop with the Philadelphia Police Department and when on assignment trying to find people smuggling chickens, he enters a black market chicken restaurant on invitation from the USFDA. And he has a bowl of chicken soup only to find he gets a psychic impression of the cook killing people and putting them into the soup. <laughs> yeah, it's that messed up. So they're actually going to be doing a motion animated comic based off of this oh, series. Gross. And it's going to be done, um, 
it's going to be done by the guy who did the Torchwood Web of Lies episodes that were online. Uh, and the cool thing is Stephen Yoon from Walking Dead is going to be the voice of Chu, and Amelia is going to be the voice of Felicia Day, who shows up again in our in our broadcast. So I love us some Felicia Day. It's going to be so awesome. I am so excited. Um, I love this comic book. And if you haven't had a chance, go check it out. Every so often, Comixology will put them on like a major sale, like a 99 cent per issue sale. And you owe it to yourself to go check it out because it's really, really fun. Um, The other thing that uh, app related that um, I wanted to bring up real quick uh, video time machine is something that Shout Factory put together. Shout Factory is one of my favorite DVD companies. They release all of the good stuff on Blu-ray. They're the ones that have Scream Factory right now that has all of those great um, 80s and 70s horror flicks that are coming out on DVD on Blu-ray. And they did this thing called Video Time Machine, which you plug in. It basically turns your, your um, tablet or your phone into a little a little video time machine where you can say I want to go to the the year 1982 and see something on TV and it will pull up a YouTube video based on that and play it for you so you can basically do it by sports music movies television and so what they've done that that was actually a pay app you had to pay like I think it's 2.99 for that well they've released a free version for you you can do it's a limited version but you can go on and play with it and see if it's something that you're willing to fork out three bucks for it's kind of fun though because it's random you can randomize it and just suddenly you'll have the cbs monday night movie logo come up and it'll play the theme music for you and it's just it's really fun and i (laughs) it's one of those kitschy retro things that i'm i'm all about because i'm old (laughs) uh the other thing real quick because rachel's got her own new segment um Really quickly, there is going to be on Fangirl Mag. I'm going to post this up for you guys. Someone did an amazing fan film all about Harley Quinn. And it's called Red Queen. And it's a part one, which means they're going to do some more. Maybe someday they'll cross paths with the Joker blogs. But um, anyway, it's a really creepy, beautifully done Harley film, and it's set inside Harley's brain. And it's just really, really creepily done, beautifully acted flick. And the gal that plays Harley is just phenomenal. So um, you should check it out. It's going to be up on uh, fangirlmag.com. It's called Red Queen. And you should definitely watch it if you are a fan of Harley or the Joker or Batman. Very subtle, very cool movie. So with that, I'm turning it over to Rachel. So my Week in Geek, um, the first thing is when Joss Whedon pulled a Beyonce earlier this week in that during the Tribeca Film Festival in New York, um, he screened his new movie called um, In Your Eyes, which he wrote and produced, but was directed by Bryn Hill. Um, And um, after the screening, he basically said, surprise, it's not just the premiere of the film, it's the worldwide a wide release date because um and you can stream in your eyes on any internet capable device at inyoureyesmovie.com for the starting price of five dollars so it's it's pretty wonderful it's kind of like when he released um Dr. Horrible sing-along blog with a similar thing. Um, It was released under his Bellwether Pictures company, which is specifically made so that he can do small budget films that don't go through the regular Hollywood process. So even though he didn't direct it, he had a lot of input on the movie itself. It's getting great reviews. Um, And my favorite quote is, uh, Joss Whedon said, this is exciting for us because it means we get to explore yet another new form of distribution and we get $5. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the plot of In Your Eyes is about uh, kind of these two kind of loner, loser types who um, they're they're trying to set forth in the world apparently and they kind of band together. Um, they have a telepathic bond 
that first appears when they're very young. And it stars Zoe Kazan and Michael Stahl David. It's a supernatural romance and it's Joss Whedon. So you better believe that um, the second that I am not overwhelmed with work and school, I'm forking out five bucks because that is awesome. I, I, I strongly suggest, even though he'll probably release it for much less later, much like Dr. Horrible Singalong blog, that we support this endeavor because um, it's very important, very exciting way to d distribute movies. So um, the second thing I have that everybody is like having a freak out about is Farscape movie is actually in the wor works. Um, Rockne O'Banion confirmed the rumor at WonderCon this weekend at uh, the a showrunner's panel. He said that the Farscape writer Justin Monjo was penning the script, um, but it's really in the early stages. So he's, he's, I think he was probably putting it out there to see if he could get a buzz and get production speeded up a little bit. So, um, but he said it's definitely in process and it's one way or another, it's going to happen. Farscape's one of those shows that never goes away. It's like got it this does. fan base too. I swear to God. It, I know. And it's, I it think it walks that great line between children's show and grown up show. Like it's a little more cartoony than, you know, some of the other similar genre shows, but it also like really um, has a good story. That's pretty awesome. I'm excited so, about yeah. that. I'm super excited about that. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm wondering how much trouble he's in for leaking that. Probably a lot, I'm guessing. <laughs> but hopefully it means that it'll actually get done. Um, this is kind of off. Uh, off of the uh, kind of typical fandom, but this is a fandom that I'm huge in. I'm really into um, sort of uh, different kinds of, well, if you've seen the show Oddities, I'm into a lot of that stuff. I love um, antiques and I love really weird antiques and I love things having to do with anatomy and science. I love um, fake science stuff snake oil salesman stuff and so those of us who are into that kind of things cryptozoology all of that um a lot of us have really loved this website called morbid anatomy that um it it really focuses on liminal artifacts um things that are maybe a little weirder a little off the beaten track so but they're now they have a kickstarter because they're moving to a three-floor, 4,200-square-foot building in the Gowanus and completely, like, gutting it and making it a new thing. It's going to have a cafe. It's going to have a gift shop. It's going to have a place where you can lunch and look over <laughs> beautiful Brooklyn. Um, it'll. They'll also be selling... Um, not, not just your kind of typical museum merchandise, but also taxidermy waxworks, according to their um, Kickstarter, Curiosa, obscure books from around the world and things that they they actually have their own press. Um, so lots of wonderful, crazy people are putting their hat in to um, do backer rewards, including Mark Ryden, who is an artist I'm really a big fan of. The Oddities crew, of course, really loves this. Um, they are really hoping to elevate the design and really take it beyond kind of a sideshow into a beautiful um, world-class museum of really odd things. So um, if you are so inclined, uh, please feel free to visit their Kickstarter. If you just look up Morbid Anatomy Museum, it'll come right up. And they actually are only about, they're less than 10K away from their 60K goal with nine days to go as of today. So actually eight days as of airing. Um, and you can just pledge a buck. I mean, every little bit helps. And uh, check out their um, website, morbidanatomymuseum.org. That's um, a really, really important thing to do. Um, and then I almost don't want to talk, oh, before I get into that, because just I, I, I will, I will do this little bit, and then I'll tell you that the thing that I'm doing right after this little bit, I expected to be like a little five second me telling a little bit about like how I agreed and disagreed quick, and then Jess had a big opinion. So I'm going to do the monks <laughs> and the cherry tree first. So a while back, 
some, um, a uh, space program took a bunch of seeds from all over the world and they orbited the earth something like 47 or 48 times. Um, and uh, what happened was some of the cherry tree, uh, some, some of these seeds stayed with the scientists to study and some of them got returned. And so um, these monks in Japan had sent cherry, uh, cherry pits from their orchard. And they sent these um, in, from Tokyo and they came back and they bloomed a full six years ahead of what the monks expected. Oh, wow. Time travel. And, huh? Time travel. I know, right? So it's, uh, they're Buddhist monks in central Japan and they, um, the chief priest was just, just blown away. Uh, the stone came from an original tree, which was uh, 1,250 years old. Um, they had sent 265 from this special cherry tree. And um, they, they left in 2008, came back um, early in July the following year. And 4,100 times is how many times they orbited. And so not only did it cut, grow, bloom super early, but all the other um, flower, all the other uh, blossoms from this tree, the original tree had about 30, 30, blo 30 petals per blossom. This new space cherry tree produced nine flowers and each of them just had five petals. Weird. So usually it takes about 10 years for a cherry tree of the similar variety to bear it, its um, fruit. So apparently this sapling is not the only one that flowered early. So um, they, out of 14 places, which the pits were replanted, they've spotted them on at four different locations huh. blossoming you know, early. They could do something about like feeding people quicker and more if they, if they figure out that doing that expedites the the process. Of well, what's interesting is I'd be interesting to see if these, because just because something can flower doesn't mean that it can bear fruit necessarily, especially because cherry trees are not asexual. There are trees that you can just have the one tree and it pollinates itself. Cherry trees actually have male and female trees. So I'm wondering if the, the they'll find out that these trees were, the male variety or if they were the female variety as far as pollination is concerned. That'll be interesting. Yeah, but I just thought it was cool. I'm a science nerd. And so, so here's our caveat section. <laughs> so um, the, some of you may know that I um, enjoy the movie Game of Thrones or the, the show Game of Thrones, despite the fact that I sort of hate the books. Um, I've read the books. I, I And my, the reason I hate the books is not because they're bad it's because I don't have patience for them I read Russian literature and it's less complex than what happens in the Game of Thrones books um, and it moves at a faster pace <laughs> so um, there has been a little bit of hubbub on the interwebs and I think that um, the vulture or is it the vulture or the AV club I think it was the vulture that I decided I liked the best so the hubbub is that in the books and there's going to be spoilers of Game of Thrones as usual. In the books, when, um, well, I'll start with the show. It probably makes more sense. In the show this week, what happened was while, while his sister is grieving at the corpse of their son, which just take a moment to digest all of that, um, Jamie Lannister comes and um, forces her to have sexual relations with him. Um, the way it plays out in the show is that um, she is saying no, she says no, but she starts to get into it and she kind of keeps on feebly resisting and while trying, while trying to, while holding on to him and pulling him to her, holding his face and pulling at his pants. Right. So this is a little bit different than the book version where she actually asks for it. Like she literally says like, do me, I think is actually yeah. what George R. R. Martin wrote. Um, and uh, even though like she kind of does start to resist later on, but it's kind of like already mid 
but she she doesn't she doesn't even push at him she's grabbing hold like yeah baby i need traction so she grabs a hold of the funeral shroud show yeah she grabs a hold of the funeral shroud of her son it's done a little bit ambiguous um i think on purpose and but this has caused hubbub because there's i think there's three different reasons it causes hubbub and jess you can tell me if you agree or disagree and then we can kind of go into what we think about it so the first reason it causes hubbub is for people like me who that scene is kind of pivotal in the books and it's not that i don't understand that you can't adapt between the book and the show but it makes me really kind of doubt certain things and so it's upsetting because it um it changes the character of the characters um depending on how you take it the second thing is that there is already a concern with this show a precedent set that i think is pretty much not in not a disputable way that um they are putting in a bit more violence towards women than is in the books which is saying something (laughs) and then the third the third thing that i think is people get upset about is because girls think jamie's hot and him being a rapist makes him less hot even though he's not like the best of dudes anyway as jess put 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 out they're already a messed up couple (laughs) so i kind of land believe it or not because we all know how moderate i am moderately in the middle i think that it was very much more ambiguous ambiguous than it was in the book um and it did upset me because i felt like the one thing you could count on with jamie lannister was how much he truly loved cersei and it was his manner in the scene I think that even though she got into it and like Jess said, um, I think if you watch carefully, there are signs that she may perhaps the lady protesteth too much. I think at the same time, um, it was, it was distressing because you kind of got the feeling that if she had just kept, if she had gone farther and been more upset, he wouldn't have stopped. And I think that that's hard to swallow from purely without getting into the aspects of what we were talking about earlier with the violence against women, which is its own whole other subject when put into literature. I think there's a problem with the concern of where are they going to go with Jamie Lannister from here? And is it going to be different? And how are we going to feel about that? Well, and, and my take on this, I have two or three points. My first point is, there are people out there right now. First of all, this is a fictional show. If people are going to take their cues from how to live in the real world from Game of Thrones, God help us all. Secondly, um, this show, you're, they're picking this particular scene out of a show that has had a woman, a prostitute, killed by a 13-year-old boy, because let's not forget, Joffrey was 13, and he killed her with an air, uh, a crossbow quite gleefully. Um, in the same episode that this all happened in, uh, the episode, what I'm taking from this, the, the scene happened in the books, they changed it slightly for this show, um, and I think the reason they did that, because it's the writer's prerogative. George R. R. Martin has signed off his rights to this. He gave them carte blanche when he signed over this to HBO to do what they wanted. So what I think happened with this episode, the episode's central focus, and there was another we- there was a website out there that, that um, I also said this as well, and I agree wholeheartedly. It's what I took from this episode. This episode was to show how ruined everything was in Westeros at this point. Thanks to all the events that happened with the Red Wedding. Those events are still being felt throughout the entire kingdom. And um, with everything has changed. And that's why I think Jamie in this, in this scenario, was 
he was desperately trying to get back to the normality and it had, it was too much for him at this point to have her spurn him and he's lost his hand and his son's dead and all of this stuff has happened and you know he's trying to find comfort with her but it's ruined their relationship has been completely changed now it was messed up to begin with cuz yeah they're bro and sis but this was his love. This was what he had. And now it's been completely changed. The same thing with what happened with, um, the hound and Aria and the whole, the, you know, it used to be that you, you were a guest, you had certain rights and, and you could be relied upon and to, uh, have those rights fulfilled and you could trust your guest. Well, now you can't do that because that whole thing with, Walter Frey just completely screwed that up. No one's going to be um, paying it that. So everything has changed. I think really, to be honest, Jess, I don't think that if, I think that if there hadn't been scenes before this that already had kind of women feeling uneasy about it, that this scene wouldn't have been such a big deal because we all, I don't think that you can hold up Game of Thrones anyway as being like the most non-misogynistic show ever. No, no. But at the same time, I think a lot of geek women balance that with the fact that he writes people like Brienne. He writes amazing women. I mean, Cersei is an amazing woman. Um, Arya, you know, even Sansa in the course of what is about to happen to her changes dramatically. So I think, um, I think that there's really a context that one says, okay, this if this is actually a point of the story, it makes sense. If this is just a point of entertainment, if they go on and this has no consequences to these characters, then really you just showed us that to titillate us. And that's part of the thing that I, I don't like. I, you know, there's plenty of boobies there. There's plenty of sexual situations for people who want to get off, you know, but that is not one of them that should not be hot that should not be sexy and so I think that I I I'm willing to wait and see what they do with the characters but it does change the character of Jamie the fact that he's been like in the books he's been through all this crap and she spurns him initially and then that acceptance and the way that it plays out it changes him and it 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 strengthens how he feels about her while she in the middle of it decides maybe this is not what i want to do with the rest of my life right and and i'm curious to see how it plays out but i i do have a problem with groups that are that are grasping hold of this scene and then demanding the show stop being produced because of this one specific scene when in this show you've had like i said 13 year old boy kills a woman and in the same episode you have a boy being told by a cannibal i'm going to eat mommy and daddy over there go tell everyone right it's not it's not a happy like it's one of those shows that people there are plenty of reasons to be offended at the show and this is just one of them but i think it's funny that uh, like you said of all these things this is what's shown up and i think it's just showing partially just that fandoms are tired of seeing um violence against women it used to be kind of a staple of the the fantasy genre and i think it's actually a good sign that people are going hey wait does this serve the story? Not, I think, you know, you have the extremists who are like, cancel it. But I think a lot of us were just like, uh, I'm, I'm kind of uncomfortable. And is that the point of the storytelling or are you just being a dick, you know, as, as a screenwriter? So. Yeah. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see. Speaking of cannibals. Oh yeah. Well, before we get to that really quickly, I had one thing to add. Um, I went and saw an awesome, 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 awesome movie this last night that's like two and a half hours long, but you wouldn't know it because it's so good that I didn't realize how late I was up. <laughs> um, the Raid 2 is out in theaters. It actually played here, which I cannot believe. And if you love martial arts movies and you saw the original Raid and know how phenomenally awesome it is, you owe it to yourself to go see this one. It's some of the most beautifully choreographed fight scenes I've ever seen. I don't see a one bit of wire work in this. It's all there. And some of the tracking shots this guy does just amazing stuff. Um, also, it's it, I have to bring up this one actor that's in it. His name is Arifin Putra. That's he, a fun name to say. Arifin Putra is gorgeous, <laughs> and he looks like 
I, I would call him the Asian Bruce Campbell. He 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 really does look like a young Bruce Campbell in lots of this movie. <laughs> and uh, just great actor too. Um, but it's directed by Gareth Evans, the same guy I believe he directed the original Raid. Uh, you owe it to yourself to go find this movie if you haven't seen the Raid Redemption. It's on Netflix. Go find it and rent it and see it because it's good. And then go see this one. But yes. I had to get that in there, but yes, we have Hannibal to talk about. Yes. Oh my God. Um, I, I love this one. Um, if you didn't watch the episode, I'm not going to bother you with a recap for this because you, you just need to go watch the episode and, and you'll know what happened. But my reaction to this was very visceral. It was amazing to see Will Graham almost do what Hannibal wanted him to do and then Hannibal stopped him which I found amazing that that scene was just wonderful see but I think that Hannibal wasn't trying to stop him I think it was a test to see if Hannibal had pushed him far enough and I think he did (laughs) but I think that Will Graham is clever I think the fascinating part of this is watching Will Graham in his full wits which we have never really seen before um decide how he's going to reel in his trout. I, I agree too. I, it's, it, it was a great scene and I'm still, I don't know. I don't know if, if, uh, if he was playing Hannibal or not, but if he was playing him, he's doing a damn good job. And I also have to give mad, mad props to Jeremy Davies, who um, you may know from lost is Daniel Faraday. Uh, I love him. He's amazing. And he was so good in this episode as the stable hand that got the... He was awesome. He made me cry. Yeah. Um, but, but the biggie for me was, oh, was my girl, Catherine Isbell. Oh, I thought you were going to say Hannibal got some because I was so dis- I am so disturbed by the <laughs> affair between Alana Bloom and Hannibal. And I know that if it disturbs me deeply, it's probably your favorite thing. I, I think it's funny and I can't wait for him to kill her. I hope he eats her. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't stand Alana Bloom. Now. Oh, I love her. But yeah. she's like, but she's an idiot. But she loves your Hannibal. Yeah, well. <laughs> Yeah, well, there's I so many bad, say, uncouth jokes I can say. I read the greatest thing on the um, Hannibal Food Stylist blog. So a couple episodes ago where he did the trick where he um, throws the egg in the air and breaks it on the spatula. He was so excited about that. So this is a great story. So they decided to do this trick, and she's telling, like, the director and everything, like, look, this is something that people at Benihana's and stuff cannot do every single time. This is the hardest trick. So she brought in, she, like, went and, like, found the three best of this, like, trick Japanese um, chefs and had to paint their hands, because they're all Japanese men, to look like Mad Nicholson for this trick. So they're all standing there and he's talking to her and he, she explains the trick and what it's going to be look like so he can do the facial reactions. And he, he looks at her, he picks up an egg and he does it. And she goes, oh my gosh, you and your beginner's luck. And then he does it three more times in a row. And she said it it was silent. You could hear a pin drop and he looks at her and he goes, in my youth, I was a juggler. That is freaking awesome. I'm like, of course you were mad. Of course. And he was a dancer too. Yeah. Yeah, But I like, I was thinking about that in this, um, in this episode when he was like doing some of the knife work and stuff. I'm like, yep, there it is. That's awesome. Um, but the other, other show I have to talk about, we have two more to go through and, and we're getting close to the end of the episode, but I have to talk about was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. (laughs) <laughs> don't cry because it's good and i don't believe you this episode was phenomenal i really enjoyed amy acker in it and the whole poor colson having to pine for his woman and cannot tell her he's alive um it was great i loved the whole um the whole mirror aspect even sky was good in this i couldn't believe it i loved that whole mirror aspect of the the monster going to find his his uh light in the darkness in the terms of um uh the the bad guy marcus daniels going after uh amy acker's character audrey who is the cellist and uh 
you had that going on while Sky is figuring out. That- okay. I have to say that that kind of creeps me out just because Amy Acker played his daughter in Much Ado. <laughs> no, she's his no, love interest. No, she wasn't his daughter. She was his niece. No, yeah, still. He was his niece. You're right. He, she was his niece. Um. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you act like that's less creepy. It is less creepy. <laughs> so I beat down with Colson. I'm about the same age as Amy Acker. I beat down with Colson. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Your, your feelings about incest change from after that. That's not incest. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh my goodness! That's, you're talking about age difference. I'm, I think, I'm I, no, 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 no. I think you're. I think you're too southern to understand my problem. Oh. <laughs> Don't even. <laughs> I will throw down okay. that closer to the end, the deeper the end thing here. Right? <laughs> so anyway, Sky and Ward and that whole reveal was amazing. And, you know, um, that just was some great stuff. I really enjoyed that. And um, poor Pat and Oswalt, we, how, how shortly we knew ye. Um, but yeah, great stuff. And then the best part at the end, you have... You have Melinda May getting picked up by her mom, and they're going to find Maria Hill as Hydra has uh, blown up S.H.I.E.L.D. to where they are all split apart. So it's going to be really, really cool to see this all come to a head at the end of the season. They finally really found their footing, and if they keep this up, it's going to pull itself out of the water. And, And what's even better, it's funny, word of mouth is getting around because the ratings on this episode have shot up by a point. So it's word of mouth has got around that Shields finally found its footing, and uh, I hope it keeps this up. Um, the last thing for this episode before we conclude your program is the blacklist, and the blacklist finally we had our confrontation between Tom and Liz. She finally, finally got to tell him, "I know." I know <gasps> really. Yes, and it was. I had I picked Hannibal over Blacklist this week. I'm not gonna lie. Um, it was it was great. Oh, I can't wait to see it. It was really really good, and she gets to torture him a little bit. Yeah. And there's some throwing down because you know I hate him. I hate him like you hate Alana Bloom. What's funny is he reminds me so much of Rory from from Doctor Who. He looks so much like Arthur Darfall. See, I don't see that. I see like I think I'm gonna have, have the to glasses and the haircut. I'm gonna have to throw like a a, a comparison shot up. For it's the glasses and the haircut. It's the nose. Really? Um, yeah, the nose and the eyes. I don't see that at all. Um, but um, at the end of this episode, it's interesting to see because you you're left. You think, oh, he's the bad guy. He's the bad guy, and he tells her, "I was never my n- job. Never meant was never to hurt you." And um, he says he's a good guy, and then he tells her that Red isn't telling you everything. So he gets away. Tom gets away, and uh, and Red and uh, Dembe, his his man guy, you know his 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 muscle. Uh, they let him go, but they're going to follow him. But Tom tells her to go to this bank um, to get use the key. He's like, "You found the key. I know you did under the lamp. So go use it and find out the truth about Red." So the last shot is killing me inside. <laughs> ah, I don't want him to be her dad. I don't want him. See, I'm not so big on the incest, am I? <laughs> That's going to be the tagline for this episode. So we're not so big <laughs> as incest, are we? <laughs> so when people come to Dragon Vine, that's what we're going to sign yeah, up. I know. We're not, not so big on incest. Not so <laughs> <laughs> Radio, not so but, big on the mention, incest. Mention not so big on the incest, and I'll draw you a special um, sketch. <laughs> I will. That's my thing. Come to Dragon Vine on Free Comic Book Day here in Eugene, Oregon. Mention that you're not big on incense, uh, incest, and I'll I'll do a free sketch for you. <laughs> so, um, what happens though? She goes to the bank, and she you see her pull out this this folder, and she pulls out this document, and her face goes blank, and she's like, got this, uh-huh. and that's it. <laughs> it's like you. 
bastards. The other thing, there's two things that I wonder. The first is, is what's on the page the truth? And the second is, I don't think that they, if he is her father, that they tell us this soon. It's going to be something here's, here's what I'm different throw, or worse. Here's what I'm going to throw out there. This is it's going to be him, like, smothering her father or something. I'm going to say that he killed her family, and it ended up being very similarly done as to he may not have done it he may not have done it knowingly but he killed Uh got her family killed and it was similarly done as his was murdered and Uh so he brought it took upon himself to keep her safe and take care point in her life that is what i think happened that's interesting that's what i'm saying so that's what i got um we have one minute left rachel anything left to add um, just once again, we are going to be at Dragon Vine in Springfield, Oregon on Free Comic Book Day, which is May 3rd. And we're going to be there. Um, Jess will have copies of her the book that she's in, the anthology. Yes, Uncanny Allegories with my Vampire Alice in Wonderland short story, Red Brew. And uh, those will be available for sale. She'll be signing books. We're going to have some special goodies that we're going to um, be giving away and sign. And we may do a giveaway. And we may do a live recording on site. Oh, yeah. And, um, and you know, make sure you're subscribed to our, our uh, YouTube because um, we are too old to use Vines, we've ascertained. So we're going to make <laughs> some, some YouTube videos for you. Yep. So, guys, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And next week, Scott Cohen. That's all I said. That's it. All right. Goodbye, fangirl. Bye.